Hello, my beautiful sisters. This is another episode of the When Marriage Hurts podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about just one more myth that tends to set us up for having a painful marriage. And today's topic is, does having good in-laws guarantee a good marriage? Um, Now, I know we have people listening from different parts of the world, uh, but this is this is one myth that I know for sure that the Yoruba people of Nigeria believe in. Um, I can't speak for other cultures, but just this belief that having good in-laws is going to guarantee that you're going to have a good marriage. So we're going to be busting that myth on today's episode. Um, so get comfortable, um, sit tight, grab Grab a refreshing drink and let's dig into this episode together. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. This is Ola Davis, and like I said in the intro, today we're going to be talking about a belief that we need to take a serious, objective look at. Um, it's Does having good in-laws guarantee a good marriage? Okay, now, like I said, this is one common belief with the Yoruba people. Um, now I can't remember exactly how that, that saying goes. Um, and I probably should have looked this up before I even started recording, but anyways, I'm just going to say what I remember of it. Um, so the Yoruba people would say something like, uh, so there's a first part of the saying that I don't remember now. I know it has something to do with the husband. And then there's a second part of the saying that goes something like okay so anyone that knows like the full like the way to say this right like the whole adage i guess you could call it an adage or a saying um you can you can post it on our facebook group but um i don't remember right now but it really doesn't matter uh not everybody understands Yoruba anyway, so I'm just going to try to translate in English. So the whole idea of the saying is that you can still get by with a with a terrible husband, but you could never do well with bad in-laws. 
right? So essentially, it's this idea that it's okay for you to have a terrible husband. Just make sure that you have wonderful in-laws and you have a happy life. My sister, that thing is not true. And if we take an objective look at it, it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm Yoruba, okay? So I'm not trying to bash Yoruba people. But see, this is 2022, okay? We know better. We should do better, right? Like, think about it. What is that? Does that even sound like wisdom? That you could have a husband that's not wonderful. Just make sure you have wonderful in-laws. Which kind of tells you that this is stemming from this old idea that you don't marry a man. You marry a family. Which, you know, in some ways there's some truth to that. But it's a half-truth, okay? It's a half-truth. Now, I know that those that came up with that were probably coming from... They probably had good intentions. They probably had good intentions. But in reality, you marry a man. Now, should you try to have a good relationship with his family? Yes, by all means. Uh, would you have a easier relationship if you have a good relationship with his family? Absolutely. But should your focus be the, should you be more concerned about having good in-laws more than you're concerned about having a good husband? Absolutely not. Okay. And people would say stuff like, well, you know, even even if you're maybe the reason they say that is that even if your husband is doing something that's uh untoward or if your husband is misbehaving you can always have people to report him to okay stop right there stop right there so if your husband is misbehaving you would be so excited about the idea that you have good in-laws that you can report him to. So that sounds like something that I tell my four-year-old. If your sister does anything that you're not happy about, just come and tell mommy. Come and tell me. <laughs> my sister's... How well is that working for us? Let's let's be honest here. Let's be very honest. There are a few problems with that. How well is that working for you? That your husband has family members that you can go report him to. Okay, so people are going to have different kind of answers for that question. So I'll just move on to the next question. I believe a lot of people will say, well, that that does that hasn't really worked great for me, but maybe it's worked for some people. So let's move on to the second question. If you have to go report 
a grown adult man to his parents or his siblings or his uncle or name it, whatever the relationship they have with this person. If you have to go report his bad behavior to them so that they can straighten him out, please, I want to ask you a question. Did you marry a man or did you marry a boy? I want to give you a a few seconds to think about that. Are you married to a man or are you married to a boy? Now, if you're married to a boy, I can see why going to report him to his mom or his dad is going to be a great idea. Okay? But if you're married to a man, hmm, I don't know. So you're married to a man who society says should be the head of the home, quote and unquote, but you still have to go report him to his parents or his family members. Okay, something is terribly wrong with this picture. I don't know from what perspective you're looking at it, but it just doesn't sound right. So we need to question these beliefs that form the basis and the foundation of how we relate, how, how we view marriage in our society, how we view marriage culturally, okay? Now, another thing that I want to bring up is still talking about this belief, right? is um that okay so let's just say you're just one of the lucky ones that just have wonderful in-laws mm-hmm. because you've been praying about having wonderful in-laws since you were 12 years old right <laughs> oh i know this i know i'm laughing but honestly this is not even funny these things happen especially with christians people that They've been praying about, you know, because of what they've seen, because of what they've experienced. Well, not experience in terms of marriage, because, but what they've seen growing up in their environment and all of that. They start praying to have good in-laws at a very early age. Some people start praying about having good future in-laws as early as age 13, 14, 15. Right? Like they're not even praying to God to reveal his will and purpose for their lives, right? They're praying to God to have good future in-laws as teenagers. And I'm not making this up. If you think I'm making anything up, you can come and call me out on social media, okay? I'm not even making this up. I know that I've talking to I've, I've, um, um, what did I just say? I'm blowing some big phony grammar here. (laughs) I've spoken to more than one person and it's women that do this kind of thing. Okay. Men don't, boys don't go to God in prayer, praying to have wonderful in-laws. Maybe they should, I don't know, but it's the females that do this kind of stuff. Anyway, I think I'm I'm getting off track here. 
So the next point I'm going to try and make is this. When you are a single lady and you're praying to have good in-laws more than you're even praying for the man that you're going to marry, I understand that you're concerned about having peace and having a, a, a home where where peace reigns and you really think that having good in-laws is what's going to guarantee you a peaceful home. Now, this is what I'm going to say about that. Marriage is a union between two people, according to scriptures. Hmm? The Bible talks about a man leaving his father and his mother and cleaving to his wife. Now, does that mean that it disowns his family? No. But it means that he leaves his family to go form his own family unit with his wife. A new family. Okay? That's supposed to take precedence over his family of origin in terms of um in terms of his devotion, in terms of his priorities, okay? Now, his family is still going to be present there for support, just as the wife's family should be present there for support, especially in the, in the early years of marriage. They should be there for support, but the husband and wife are still the central figures of a marriage, I don't know why that's such, uh, it, it, it almost sounds like blasphemy when you tell people that a husband and wife are the central figures of a marriage. Um, I remember when my husband and I became uh, separated, right? And I had one of the in-laws call me up you know, trying to fix the marriage, you know, you know how that goes now. Trying to fix the marriage. And then they call me and this particular in-law is telling me, oh, I want to assure you that everything is going to turn around. Your husband's bad behavior, everything is going to turn around completely, like 360 degree turn. And I'm thinking, how can you be giving such an assurance concerning someone else how how can you be assuring a wife that her husband's bad behavior is going to turn around like i don't even understand you are not god <laughs> if god has tried to change this person's hearts and the person hasn't allowed god to change their hearts then who are you but you know, as a good Yoruba girl, I just kept quiet. I didn't say that because that, that would have been um, termed as disrespectful. So I just kept quiet. And it's like, I, I assure you, it's going to turn around this and that. And, and, and then I told him, I said, it's me and him in this marriage. If, if he's going to turn around, that should be coming from him. I shouldn't have someone else telling me, that my husband is going to change his bad behavior. He's going to stop being abusive. And he's going to 
you know, do all these wonderful things you're talking about. I should be hearing that from his own mouth, not from someone else, because it's the two of us in this marriage. And then this in-law says to me, well, so are you, um, I mean, I can't quote his exact words now, but I'm just paraphrasing. But he was trying to say something like, well, so are you saying that we, we shouldn't help you fix this or or you say it's just it's the two of you in the marriage so why did you invite invite us to your to your wedding ceremony i'm thinking what so they were like i don't even know now it's been over a decade there were probably a couple of hundred people at our wedding so just because we invited you know that many people to our wedding does that mean all of every single one of those people should have a say in our marriage Again, I didn't I didn't verbalize this, but that was just what I was thinking about. Like, how can someone ask me, well, if you don't want me to to help you fix your marriage, then why did you invite me to your wedding ceremony? You know, all I just said was, well, we invited you to be witnesses. But then in my head, I'm really thinking we invited you to be witnesses, not to be the boss of us. Not to be a part of the marriage. Because it's just two of us in the marriage. Except for people in poly- that, that, that are in polygamous relationships, right? Like if a, if a man has like three, four, five wives, then, you know, that's, of course, that's a different ball game entirely. But I'm talking about a monogamous relationship here. It's husband and wife. Just because you have 150 people at your wedding doesn't mean that 150 people have a say in your marriage. Please, I'm I'm speaking directly to Yoruba people. I, I'm not sure exactly how it works in other cultures. Probably works in a similar way. I don't know. I would really like to get some feedback about that. But this is really twisted. This is really twisted thinking. People need to know that family is there for support. It's not like they have some authority or they have some God-given, I don't even know how to qualify it, over someone else's marriage. All right, I think I've flogged that us long enough. Now, my people... Even after you've listened to this podcast, I want you to really think about this belief and flip it on its side, flip it on its head and really think about it. That is this really wisdom or foolishness? Now, some people are going to say, well, I know this lady. I know this, my friend, because, you know, Nigerians, we always know somebody. We always have examples at at, at the tip of our fingers. You would never know if if it's a real life example or if it's something that <laughs> they saw in the movie. But, you know, I love my fellow Nigerians. It's just that, no, come on. You can't always know people in every situation, right? But 
I know that someone is listening to this right now and they're going to say something like, well, I know somebody, I had this friend, her husband was doing X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. She was having a tough time in marriage and she went to his family. She went to her in-laws and she complained about this, this and that. And after that, they kind of called the husband, they set him straight and everything was good again. Okay. I am not disputing your story. All I'm going to say is that marriage problem is different from marriage problem. Okay. Those kind of things, you could have that happen where, like I said, in the early years of marriage, a couple might be having some issues trying to adjust to each other. Maybe they're having issues with communicating and all of this, you know, little, little, well, don't let me call them little. So it wouldn't sound like I'm minimizing those issues, but normal. Yeah. Let me call them normal relationship problems or normal marriage problems. Now, is it the greatest idea to have to go report to your in-laws? No, but when you report to your in-laws, are they able to help? Hopefully, you know, if they're like wise people, right? But in the case of abuse, I don't know. It still makes no sense. Because the real question to ask here is, how long are you going to do that for? Excuse me. How long are you going to do that for? If you have to periodically go report your husband to in-laws and honestly it doesn't even matter what it is whether he's cheating on you whether he's neglecting his family what it doesn't matter what the offense is if it's if you always have to go to the in-laws no matter how wonderful they are how long do you intend to do that for if it's your parent in-laws one day one day they are going to leave this planet they're going to die no matter how wonderful they are is this how you want to have a lifetime of marriage think about it being married to somebody that you can't sit down and say sweetheart i think we have some issues or there are things that i want us to discuss to move forward in our relationship If you marry someone that you can't have that conversation with, you are in deep caca, okay? If you always have to rely on, I will go and report him to his mommy. His mommy will set him straight. I will go go and report him to his uncle. Ah, you have just married a small boy trapped in a grown man's body. And you don't know. You think you are married to a man because he looks physically looks like a man and maybe he has a career and is doing things that grown-up people do. You are married to a small boy. Yo. So the, this whole idea is to trick us into thinking, oh, you know, they always say make sure you marry somebody that, that um, how do they even put it? You know, the whole idea is being married to someone that is accountable. Before me, I married my husband, though, I did that analysis. I saw him as somebody that is accountable to his siblings, his parents, 
and all of that. How well did that work for me? I would say that, hmm, for the most part, my wonderful in-laws have played a part in the abuse itself. And of course, you know with psychological abuse, when it starts happening to you, you don't even know it's happening. You don't even know it's... Okay, so that was my phone beeping, if someone was wondering. (laughs) But you don't even know it's happening to you. You just think that you're getting marriage counsel, right? But everything they're telling you isn't really something that's going to help you. All they're doing is trying to preserve the marriage. Okay? There's a difference between giving advice to preserve the marriage and giving advice, healthy advice, for someone who is being abused. And that's another issue with this whole belief is that let me let me just digress for a little bit here. When before my husband and I got married, we had a pastor counsel us. And one of the things the pastor said is that if you guys ever have issues, do not go to your family members. Go and seek counsel from a third party, okay? Go and seek counsel from someone that that is not invested in the relationship in some ways. And his reason for saying that is that really if something's happening in your marriage and you go to your parents, most likely your parents will take your side even if you're in the wrong. And the same thing will go for your husband's family as well. And also... I mean, that's just how it typically works. I'm not saying 100% of the time, but that's how it typically works, right? So this pastor said, don't go to family, go to people, just go to like neutral party, right? Like someone that has nothing to lose if your marriage works out or not. And I think that's excellent advice because when you go to someone that has no um, no major stake in your marriage, they can give you objective counsel. But if you go to a parent or you go to a family or you go to a church where they don't really care about the individuals in the marriage, they just care about a marriage staying together. And sadly, that is a lot of churches. If you go to those kind of places, if your issue is such a big issue like abuse, they're just going to perpetuate that abuse because they don't really care about you. They don't care about your well-being. They just want to be able to say, well, in this church, our marriages work. We don't divorce. That's all they really care about. If you go to that kind of place, you're not going to get good counsel. They're just going to abuse you even further and make you stay in a toxic marriage. Oh, well. I know that some people wouldn't be, they wouldn't be happy with me right now. But we have to speak the truth. (laughs) We need to stop lying to ourselves. For our own sakes, for the sake of the next generation. Mm? We need to stop lying to ourselves. If your in-laws, whether they are good or bad, If your in-laws are in charge of regulating the peace in your home, then your marriage is on life support. I'm telling you. 
I'll say that again. If your in-laws, whether good or bad, are in charge of regulating the peace in your home, then your marriage is on life support and you have given your in-laws the authority to pull the plug on your marriage. Just think about someone who is sick and on life support. Mm? And that person is your marriage. That is, that's just how it works. You pull the plug from the wall and they are dead. So if you're in a marriage where your in-laws are the one, you know, regulating the peace, regulating the temperature, regulating everything in that home, then that marriage is on life support. And it's the in-laws that have the access to the plug. So they can manipulate it whichever way. You are not even in a marriage in that kind of situation. You are, you are, it's more like you are in a soap opera <laughs> for lack of a better, um, for lack of a better word, really. So if you need your in-laws to straighten out your husband, then you are married to a boy. I'm sorry to break it to you, but someone has to tell you the truth. Your church might not tell you the truth. Society might not tell you the truth. Culture might tell you that, oh, you're so lucky to have wonderful in-laws. Now lie. <laughs> Believe me, now lie. If your husband needs to be scolded by his parents or his siblings to know how he's supposed to act, then not only is he a child, but his parents have succeeded in raising a toddler in a grown man's body. Chai, I think I need to repeat that. If your husband needs to be scolded by your in-laws, his family, to know how to behave, not only is he a child, but his parents or his in-laws or whoever have succeeded in raising a toddler in a grown man's body. Now, when you think about this objectively, having a badly behaved husband but wonderful in-laws. It's an illusion, no, my sister. It's an illusion. Except this husband was raised in a vacuum. But if this husband was raised by the same people, then in some ways, they failed. Is it that they failed as parents, right? Or that husband himself is from an abusive home. So is it that they failed to raise him right? Or he lent the abuse from home. And the people responsible for that are the people that you think you can go to for support. It doesn't work that way, my sister. Now, when I say that you might not get the support you need, I'm not saying they're going to say they're, they're not going to attend to you or they're not going to give you counsel. What I'm telling you is that they can give you counsel that makes the matter worse. They can give you counsel that that causes you more harm but you wouldn't know because they are going to cloak it in a way that looks wonderful that looks spiritual that looks scriptural <laughs> and you would think oh thank god i have wonderful in-laws at least they are trying to help no they are trying to push you further and further into the pit that you are in they don't really give a crap about you excuse my french but they could look, they could be nice people on the outside, really. And sometimes it's not really that they're being malicious. 
But if it's a toxic family, if it's a family that they've had their own issues, right? And they've they've raised their children in an abusive environment. It's just they can't give you what they don't have. You know, that's that's just the truth of the matter. They haven't deal they haven't dealt with their own crap. So all they have to offer you is crap. If you're listening to this and you and you're single, this is what you need to take away from this episode. The character of the man you're marrying is very, very important. You could never dismiss that and try to replace that with wonderful angelic in-laws. No way. You have to look at the person that you're marrying. Now, does that mean, am I trying to say that you shouldn't care what kind of family it comes from? No, that's not what I'm saying. Sometimes looking at the family it comes from is a pointer to how it was raised, right? That gives you those kind of clues. What I'm saying is this saying of it's okay to have a bad husband, but you must have good in-laws. No, you need to have good husband and good in-laws. End of story. All right. So that is where we're going to wrap it up on this episode. Um, I think this is episode number 12. I'm not even sure if I said that at the beginning of the uh, of the recording, but it is episode number 12. And this is where we will be calling it a day so be sure to go to our facebook group if you are a woman and if you want to continue this conversation the facebook group is called when marriage hurts just go to your facebook type in the search um search bar when marriage hurts and it should pop up we're also on instagram and i'm looking forward to see you there on to the next episode of the podcast when marriage hurts i am ola davis and be careful for nothing and know that jesus loves you bye has this podcast blessed you if yes please head over to apple podcast when marriage hurts and leave a written review for the show it would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.